Direct King's Court starts now. East, South, and West. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you. This is the Monster Energy Drink, Window World, 
stl-cars.com, King's Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com, where you hear the live version every day from 7 to 9 Central Time. We bring you the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence. It's the only way to do it. It's amazing that we're that unique and that we stand out for that, but it is the only way to do it. You can hear our podcast right here on this website. You can also hear it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place else that has podcasts that you listen to. You'll find us. A quick programming note for our Monster Energy Drink STL-Cars.com sports show that airs every day at noon live here on our website. We'll have no show today. I actually have a luncheon today with my 94-year-old cousin. So I'm going to take her to lunch today, and we'll resume our sports show tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, yesterday was a day for the ages, wasn't it? We finally found a judge in this country who had some spinage. And it was a female judge. Talk about slapping down all the male judges. She sure did. She showed us what it's all about. That's for damn sure. The only question I have, well, that's a silly thing to say. It's not the only question I have. I have a lot of questions. But how will this end up? Will, for instance, this still end up in a plea deal down the road? Could. And if if so, what will that plea deal look like? That's a real question I have. But I'm anxious to see it, and we're going to hear from a lot of different people today in terms of analyzing the plea deal collapse of yesterday. It was the all-time plea deal collapse. I don't know of anyone in history. First of all, I don't know of anyone in history that was ever designed like this one. And then to have it collapse under the full weight of real tough questions from the judge, I wink, wink, and laugh as I say that. She asked basic questions, and the thing collapsed. Reports from those who were in the courtroom say that when it did, Hunter Biden threw his arms up in the air. As if, I can't believe this is happening. Of course you can't. You can't believe your old man didn't use some of that money you stole to pay off the judge. I understand how you can't believe it. It's hard for Americans to believe it, too, that justice was actually done at least for a few moments. The rubber-stamped corrupt plea deal that the government negotiated with your equally corrupt attorneys collapsed under its own weight of falsehoods, lies, and corruption. Congratulations to the judge, Mary Ellen Noriega, I believe is the way you pronounce her last name. She had basic questions, and the plea agreement fell apart. Wait to hear from some U.S. attorneys and some people in the know who have never seen anything like this before. Never. And you're going to hear from Karine Jean-Pierre, lying like the liar she is. The liar's liar. Karine Jean-Pierre. <laughs> the Democratic hacks in Congress strolling the halls of the Capitol yesterday were just outraged. These are people that are either so delusional that they can't see basic evidence or they are such and so much ingrained into their political hackery that they don't care about the truth anymore. They don't care about justice anymore. They don't care about the country anymore. They only care about their ideal, uh, I, their ideologues and their idiocy in their crazy agenda 
that they have used to ruin the country, to ruin the culture of the country, to ruin the rule of law of the country, to trample on the Constitution, which is the law of the country, to be critical of Supreme Court justices to the point where you don't care if they're assassinated? I think the latter. I don't think these people are delusional. I think they actually know what they're doing. But to be able to lie the way they do with impunity is an incredible personality trait. We've all told white lies in our lifetime, haven't we? But when you do, don't you have this foreboding sense of guilt? of like, God, I can't believe I'm, I know this isn't true. You know, when you're a little kid and your dad comes in and catches you and he knows that you did it and you say, well, my brother did it, you know right away you're telling a lie. Are you telling me that these people don't know? These are adults. You lie to your wife about where you were last night. Don't you feel guilty? I'm not saying I did because I don't have a wife. But don't you feel guilty if you do? Or you wives, if you lie to your husbands about the same thing. If you lie about something that happened at work. If you lie to a client. Don't you feel bad right away? These people have no capacity to feel bad about their lies. And then they continue to lie. And you can imagine Hunter Biden being pissed off, This the most entitled little bastard in the entire country. He can't believe that he's actually being held accountable for once in his life. His parents sure as hell didn't do it. He's got a father who's, who built a 50-year career of shaking people down for money, of being corrupt. When you learn from a corrupt father, your only road is corruption probably. When you have an equally corrupt mother who lies through her teeth all the time, well, you're probably going to end up being Hunter Biden. You have a pair of parents that are pathological liars. What will we expect of him? To someday rise up and be president of a great university that isn't a liberal indoctrination center? Of course not. To be a champion and a captain of industry? Of course not. To be a drug-addicted punk who lives off the government and lives off his father's name so that he can conduct illegal business deals with foreign governments, most of whom are our adversaries? That's exactly what you'd expect. And that's what he is. He's a punk. He's the ultimate punk. Even after all of the illegal things he's done, all of the things he's been caught doing, he continues to do them. And reacts with outrage when he's caught. He is the penultimate criminal with the penultimate criminal parents and criminal family members, uncles, aunts, you name it. I guess the only thing that saved Bo Biden from being a crook and a criminal is that he died. And I don't, I'm not so sure that he wasn't a criminal before he died. But we'll never know now, I suppose. But he's in that family. So if you're in that family, you're either corrupt or you're ostracized. One of the two. They have rewritten the, the, the textbooks on being corrupt. The amazing thing to me is that you have all of these people in Washington who go along with it. The media doesn't surprise me because they're uneducated dolts. But those people in Washington who go along with it, wouldn't you think that you're going to go to jail at some point if you keep it up? What is your loyalty to this guy? 
He must have taken care of you for years. What a corrupt, rotten city to the core. It's like I've always said to terrorists, what are you attacking New York for? Attack Washington if you're going to attack us. Do everybody a favor. Good Lord. Leave the leave the innocent people alone. I mean, come on. So here we have a plea deal that collapsed under its own weight of lies and fraud. And it's amazing, isn't it? That somehow or another, Joe Biden, through it all, completely kept kept completely quiet. Huh. It's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. So you've got a, a, a set of parents who raised you to be corrupt, and you ended up corrupt. It's funny how that works out, isn't it? Our phone lines are open at 636-348-0440. I think Hunter Biden needs a Monster Energy drink, doesn't he? I didn't see one in his hand when he left court yesterday, and I didn't see one in his hand when he went into court, but I'll bet you he needed one before the day was over. He needed some energy. He needed a boost. And Monster Energy Drink can give you that. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if you're left, right, independent, Hunter Biden, Mother Teresa. Everybody can use that big boost of energy. And Monster Energy Drink gives you that. It's the most badass energy drink on the planet. And it comes into play, especially in this kind of weather. Mitch McConnell needed a Monster Energy Drink yesterday. He froze. I don't know if you saw that, but he completely froze while he was talking and blanked out. That won't happen if you have a Monster Energy drink on hand. Somebody should have given him one quickly. Unleash the Beast Monster Energy drink. So what happened yesterday? The one question that has not been answered, and the the question that bothers me the most, what did this judge do with Hunter Biden's attorneys, the female attorney who called the clerk's office, the judge's clerk, posing as an attorney for the Republicans in the House, told the clerk to withdraw the amicus curiae brief that the House attorneys had filed with the court regarding the witness whistleblower testimony, was discovered to be Hunter Biden's attorneys, was ordered to explain themselves by 9 o'clock the previous night. And then we didn't hear a peep about it yesterday. Very few people even asked anyone about it. I have to give Hannity credit. I saw a clip of his show today where he asked Jim Jordan directly about it. And then he asked Jason Smith, the congressman from Missouri, who filed the amicus curiae brief, directly about it. And neither one of them answered. Jordan launched into a tirade about something completely unrelated. And all Jason Smith did was repeat what his office did. What did the judge do to these attorneys? That's the question. It shows you the pathetic nature of journalism today. Even in Hannity's case, he did ask two different people, but he didn't follow up. 
when neither one of them answered, you should have said, hold on a second here, boys. I asked a simple question. Answer the damn question. Jim Jordan, quit lollygagging around it. Answer the question. Why you wouldn't, I don't know. Other than you'd have to be critical of the judge, I suppose, because the judge who's now the hero of the right didn't address a basic element of what took place in this whole thing in the last 48 hours. So we're still waiting to hear on that. I guess we'll wait until the 12th of never or until we all die because nobody will ever ask. But I can promise you, as I predicted yesterday, this lawyer will not be disbarred. I doubt that she'll be disciplined in any way, shape, or form. Tom Dupree is a former assistant attorney general. And it was easy for him as he watched the proceedings unfold. Once about 15 minutes had expired and this deal wasn't done, everybody with a legal brain knew that the deal had collapsed. And Tom Dupree knew that it came apart on simple questions from the judge. Well, and one of the most telling exchanges to my mind today was where the judge asked the DOJ lawyers, is there any precedent for this agreement that you're asking me to approve today. And the Justice Department lawyers had to look at her and say, no, there isn't, Your Honor, which completely devastated their argument all along that this case has been handled in a normal fashion, that Hunter Biden wasn't getting any special treatment. When push came to shove and they were called on it by the judge, who said, has this sort of agreement ever been approved before? They had to say no. Imagine that. They've, they've insisted there's never been any special or preferential treatment throughout. And then they come up with a plea deal, which, if they were telling the truth originally, would have been your normal plea deal that everybody else gets. So there would have been ample precedent. Well, sure, Judge, there was a deal like this for Joe Smith down the street here five years ago. There was another one for Mary Lou over here ten years ago. But that simple question, these imbecile lawyers apparently didn't see coming. Simple question. And once there wasn't precedent for it, as Tom Dupree said, the whole thing fell apart. The judge now is acting on her own with nothing to back her up. She's granting essentially immunity to Hunter Biden on any future crimes that he's ever committed in the past, or any future revelations. She's not going to do that. She was smart. Brett Tolman was a U.S. district attorney. Brett, how did you see it? I'll tell you, the first thought I had was deception and arrogance uh, on both sides. You saw the arrogance and the deception on Hunter Biden's team in, in, in attempting to try to, you know, remove something from the record that might be damaging by pretending to be associated with uh, the congressional oversight hearing and the evidence that came out. You had the arrogance and the deception of the prosecutor. I think they got caught. I think there were two plea deals in this case. I think there was the one on paper and there was the one that they had worked out and and done verbally where the prosecutor had said, look, this will be the end of it. We'll just do this, plead to this. He'll not do any jail time and we'll be done. And what got in the way of all that arrogance and all that deception was just a simple judge asking questions she was supposed to ask and getting to the bottom of this sweetheart deal. Simple questions. You keep hearing that phrase repeated over and over and over again, don't you? Simple questions. And they couldn't answer them. Andrew McCarthy, another former U.S. attorney out of the Southern District of New York, break it down for us. 
they were trying to do a political exercise and they got caught. Um, the reason it's a sweetheart deal, um, and one of the things about a sweetheart deal is it departs from the normal, normal deal in that you don't lay out what all the understandings are, because if you did, then the public would get very angry at what the government was doing. So what they did was, in a kind of elliptical way, uh, lay out that Hunter could plead guilty to these two tax charges, and that would cover him not only for other tax charges, but his understanding was going to be that the whole case was wrapped up, that any facts that you could extrapolate out of these transactions, if there were crimes from that, he had immunity. And, of course, the Biden Justice Department doesn't want to say that because that would be politically damaging and humiliating. Um, so when they got called on it, they said, humana, uh, humana, humana, uh, uh, of course, yes, there's a continuing uh, investigation, and no, he doesn't have immunity. They didn't think they were going to get called on it. What they expected was they would have their understanding of the agreement, and if they were ever asked about it, they would be able to say there's a continuing investigation. We can't comment on that. Hunter would go off and say he was completely immunized and the case was closed, uh, and that would be the end of it. And they needed a judge who would rubber stamp that, and they didn't get it. Two things I want to add to that. Number one, this plea deal was reached weeks ago. Why they slow walk themselves into court is only due to arrogance. They think the thing is over, it's done, there's no judge in the world who will stand up to the Bidens and the corrupt political machine that is Washington. But in that subsequent three-week period, four-week period, we had whistleblowers come forward, we had an FBI form discovered and given up by a whistleblower, we had evidence of a text message between Hunter Biden and a Chinese businessman associated with the Chinese Communist Party being shaken down by the Bidens, Hunter and his father sitting next to him for $5 million apiece. It's incredible stuff. And all of that took place from the time they reached the plea deal until yesterday. Had they gone into court the next day, which I would have insisted had I been their attorney, all right, we've got this deal, let's go in and get it okayed by the judge tomorrow. But they didn't. So that really hurt. Essentially, that's what killed the deal. And then... When the judge said, is there an ongoing investigation? Is he still being investigated for anything else? You know why they had to say yes? Because Merrick Garland, that lying son of a bitch, didn't want to go in front of Congress, didn't want to turn over anything to Congress in terms of documents. So as long as he said there was an ongoing investigation, even though there isn't from the Justice Department, there is in Congress, As long as he said there was an ongoing investigation, he wouldn't have to testify to anything. He wouldn't have to come over there and give documents. So the little coward, Merrick Garland, is the guy who eventually and essentially shot this down with his lies. Because had there been no ongoing investigation, there wouldn't have been any immunity needed for Hunter Biden, and the judge wouldn't have had to grant it. But once she added it all up, it didn't add up. Jonathan Turley watched with some some very important questions. It's extremely rare. I mean, this is like a wedding where the minister asks, "Does anyone object?" And both mm-hmm. the groom and bride object. Yeah. Uh, That's a great you know, analogy. 
it's just weird because usually you work these things out in advance, but the judge has an obligation to make sure that the defendant and the government have a very clear idea of what is implicated here, what is guaranteed here. And they clearly didn't have that agreement. And one of the reasons I think they didn't is because this was a sweetheart deal. I mean, this was a, a an effort to sort of cap off this case. But now it's the worst possible situation for Hunter Biden. You know, he's in a position now where he doesn't have any protection at all. And the Department of Justice is in a position where they can bring any and all of the remaining counts, including Farah. And they usually do. Usually when a defendant uh, goes south on a plea agreement, uh, the Department of Justice puts everything on the table uh, for a potential trial. And that would mean a real chance of jail time. Now, surely Jonathan Turley can't be serious. He doesn't think that the Justice Department is going to bring the Farah investigation into it and other charges and slam Hunter Biden into oblivion. He can't possibly believe that's going to happen. But he's right when he says that's what they always do. They just won't do that here. (laughs) It's unbelievable, isn't it? Now, here's an interesting little note, a side note. Maybe we didn't know. I didn't know it until I heard this said yesterday. Mark Lytle is the attorney for Gary Shapley, one of the IRS whistleblowers. Guess who showed up in court yesterday representing the government? The prosecutors, Leslie Wolf, the tax division attorneys, who all agreed to recommend felony charges, they're no, they're no longer on the case. These prosecutors who showed up today in the courtroom, they're absolutely new to the case and how how could they figure out, you know, five years of investigation in a couple of weeks? No one's really talked about that. I think all of this chaos, if you will, behind the scenes of the Department of Justice really just supports the point that there really needs to be a special counsel, that this, this has really just been too messed up. There needs to be a special counsel who not only can decide what to do with the Bidens, the Biden family, the president uh, in terms of charges, but also write a report about what happened behind the scenes here so it never happens again. But this business of clamoring for a special counsel is sort of laughable to me. Mark Lytle knows who appoints a special counsel. It would be Merrick Garland. He will only uh, appoint a special counsel who is friendly to the Bidens. We've seen that already. Look at what Jack Smith has done to Donald Trump. Every time... Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel. It's a friendly Biden guy. So that's what he'd do. Now, the real question is, where's the hesitancy on Merrick Garland's part to appoint one? Is the evidence so overwhelming against the Bidens that even a paid hack special counsel wouldn't be able to ignore it all? Is that what he's afraid of? Couldn't be anything else. I mean, the fix is in when Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing independent about it. These investigations aren't done independently. We know that. We sat back and watched whistleblowers testify. There was no independence from the IRS or the Department of Justice especially. IRS superiors to the two agents were told time and again by their bosses at the Department of Justice, can't go there, can't go there, can't go there. So what's the point of a special counsel? The only way I think you could ever 
have any faith in the credibility of a special counsel again or in the unbiased nature of a special counsel or the independence of one is if you forced them to go through a Senate confirmation hearing. At least you could weed out their bias. It's not a foolproof system, but it's the only way I can think of. Rather than having a political hack like Merrick Garland, who's as corrupt as the day is long, who has political enemies much more severe than Richard Nixon ever had, and who goes after them in a much more severe way than Richard Nixon ever dreamed of, rather than have him appoint another corrupt so, another corrupt special counsel, have nominations, let's say, come from the Speaker and from the minority leader in the House. Send both of them to the Senate for confirmation hearings. Now, we know what's going to happen in a biased Senate. You're probably going to have the Democrat chosen. I shouldn't say probably, strike that. You're going to have the Democrat chosen. But at least the country could see during the hearings how biased the bastard is. You wouldn't have to guess, is Jack Smith really this corrupt? You would know it after a Senate confirmation hearing. Jonathan Turley, what about these FARA violations, and what does it entail when you have violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act, as Hunter Biden clearly has. This is a big problem because this was all supposed to be scripted. It was all supposed to be easy. And now it's off script and it's anything but easy because the judge just raised the one charge that the White House most fears, which is the chance that Hunter was a foreign agent. And if he was a foreign agent, the question is foreign agent for who and for what purpose? The president was that purpose. If you're influence peddling, it's influence over the president. So if you go for FARA, it's going to bring all of this stuff in, including some of these tax counts from 2014 to 2015 that the Department of Justice allowed to run, allowed the statute of limitations to expire. All of that can get bootstrapped into a FARA issue. So the whole purpose of this deal is collapsing as 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 we're watching it and it's taken Washington by utter surprise. Yeah, those are some very interesting points. That means all of the tax violations that Hunter Biden committed that the Department of Justice uh, using the IRS to slow walk so that the statute of limitations would expire on them now come back into play. That's a real danger area. As that situation sits, Hunter Biden is looking at a decade or more in jail. If you bring all of these violations back into it, and any investigation in a fair investigation would allow them to do that, now you've got some real troubles. So this all, when it fell apart, it all became a fire that the White House doesn't want. And, of course, Joey, the big guy, couldn't have been more silent if he were a church mouse. Bill McGurn is a Wall Street Journal editor. He's on the editorial board there. Does this make it harder for Hunter or easier for Hunter? Well, I think it makes it a lot harder. And I think Hunter Biden, of course, is a real loser immediately. But I think Joe Biden is a big loser down the road. Every day, there's more and more information from Congress casting doubt in his claims 
the kind of Sergeant Schultz defense, I know nothing about Biden. And on Monday, we're apparently going to hear from Devin Archer, one of Hunter's business partners, that that the president, the Joe, was on the speakerphone with some high, uh, Biden's uh, business partners. So I think it becomes unsustainable. The White House is still not accepting reality. They've been let off the hook so far by few reporters are willing to press them. I love his Sergeant Schultz defense. I know nothing. That's the Biden family defense. They're all a bunch of Sergeant Schultzes, including that nitwit little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre. She never knows anything. Have you ever seen a person who knows less than she does? She just can't comment on anything. She has no knowledge. I would agree with her. She has no knowledge of anything. But the reason she won't comment is because she's a corrupt liar. It has nothing to do with being stupid, though I think she's stupid as well. She certainly is unethical. So if you have moral character, you don't do what she does for a living because you couldn't stand there and lie every day. But she can with ease. And while she's doing it, she wants you to think that she's intelligent. And that's my favorite part. She really believes she's important. She said so. Remember she claimed a few weeks ago that she was an historical figure? She really believes that. She should be in a nut house. I mean, she should be under constant 24-hour supervision. She's insane. She thinks a little PR hack like her is an historical figure. Do you know who an historical figure is, Karine Jean-Pierre? George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Those are historical figures. Not you, you dope. Let's make it clear what you are. You're a nothing burger hack who lies for a living. That's what you are, just so we clear the record. You're certainly not an historical figure. Babe Ruth is an historical figure, but you're not. Brett Tolman, what are the chances of a new plea deal being struck? This is my concern. The department is going to have to make some tough choices right now, and they're going to have to decide, do we add the FAR accounts in? Do we also add perhaps a more serious consequence on the gun charge? Do we also go with what we've done in every other tax case and do something more substantial in the tax counts that have been brought? And do we make a recommendation that the judge sentence him like we do in every other case in this country to what the appropriate uh, minimum or maximum guideline range is according to what he pleads guilty? Well, I think, Brett, you can throw that last part out. Doing what the Department of Justice does or the IRS does in every tax case in history is not an option. Because if you do that, Hunter Biden is going to jail, and they're not going to do that. The only way Hunter Biden is going to jail is if it's tried in front of a jury. And that fear is out there now because the judge made him replea yesterday and only allowed him out of jail based on some conditions. So Hunter Biden is essentially not in jail today because the judge laid out some conditions for him And he had to abide by them. For instance, he has to get a job. He can't 
drink or do drugs. Just like any other criminal defendant. Now, what kind of a job do you think he's going to get? You think daddy will get him another job? Hey, Hunter, go over to Ukraine, will you? Some people say, well, I, I feel sorry for Joe Biden that his son turned out this way. Joe Biden molded his son to turn out this way. Joe Biden created a monster in his own image. Hunter Biden is just the modern-day Joe Biden with less electability. Joe Biden worked out the Democrat machine in Delaware to elect him every six years to the Senate. Those were rubber-stamped elections like they are everywhere in the country, as we've now come to find out. If you think that the person that keeps getting elected every election cycle in your district or in your state is on the up and up, you're crazy. All of this stuff is rigged. We have been lied to so often you wouldn't recognize it. You take lies as normal. You expect it. Do you trust anything you hear? I don't either. So you've heard from several people, several smart people, with regard to what went on yesterday. You've heard from Tom Dupree, a former assistant attorney general. You've heard from Brett Tolman, a former U.S. attorney. Andrew McCarthy, a former U.S. attorney. Jonathan Turley, an esteemed professor of law. Mark Lytle, the attorney for Gary Shapley, the whistleblower. You've heard from all these smart people. And then you tune in, let's say, to Fox and Friends this morning to get an explanation of what went on yesterday. Maybe you didn't see any of the news shows last night. You heard about a plea deal going south. And you thought, well, I wonder what actually happened. I know. I'll tune into Fox and Friends where I can always get a very, very educated view of what took place because Steve Ducey and Ainsley Earhart are on that show. Today, Lawrence Jones is with them. There is no kill mead. So it was left to Ducey the dope to explain yesterday. Tell me if you know anything after you listen to this. What, what we've got to point out is what really the part that was she felt unconstitutional was about uh, the drug diversion mm-hmm. and the gun diversion because the gun charge was going to go away provided, you know, he stay off drugs, he gets a job, all sorts of stuff like that. But here's the thing. The judge said this is not legal because essentially the way the Hunter Biden lawyers wrote the deal was if a Republican becomes president and uh, because usually it's the DOJ that enforces this kind of diversion program. Mm -hmm. But the Hunter Biden lawyers made this judge the arbiter of whether or not he was breaking the deal. And she said, I don't want to get in there. There's separation of of, um, powers right there because that should be executive branch, not judicial. And she said that's unprecedented and probably unconstitutional. Wow. How about Lawrence Jones? I don't want to get into that. Shut up. And that dope Ducey. First of all, he starts to say, and then the judge said, what if a Republican becomes president? And then he goes on to something else. Well, well, what if a Republican becomes president? Had nothing to do with it, of course. Not one thing in there did he say was correct. Not one thing. The diversion program and the, and it's like had, had nothing to do with why this judge wouldn't allow the plea deal to go through. It had nothing to do with being the enforcer of the plea deal. It is not an executive responsibility. It is not the DOJ. 
It is the judge, you stupid ass. Who's accepting the plea deal? Is it the DOJ or the judge? The DOJ has no authority over it. The DOJ negotiates it. The judge makes it real. Steve Ducey doesn't know simple civics. But he's a D-bag, so why would you expect him to? But that convoluted attempt at explaining what happened must have people all over the country so baffled by now that that moron continues to be on the air. I can't imagine a dumber person from the male species being found anywhere. He should have married Nicole Wallace. Then you could have Mr. and Mrs. Dope. God, that man's stupid. I want to hear that again. Let's really muddy it up for you. Try to make sense of what happened yesterday from this idiot. What we've got to point out is what really the part that was she felt unconstitutional was about uh, the drug diversion mm-hmm. and the gun diversion because the gun charge was going to go away provided, you know, he stay off drugs, he gets a job, all sorts of stuff like that. But here's the thing. The judge said this is not legal because essentially the way the Hunter Biden lawyers wrote the deal was if a Republican becomes president and uh, because usually it's the DOJ that enforces this kind of diversion program. Mm -hmm. But the Hunter Biden lawyers made this judge the arbiter of whether or not he was breaking the deal. And she said, I don't want to get in there. There's separation of of, um, powers right there because that should be executive branch, not judicial. And she said that's unprecedented and probably unconstitutional. You know what's unprecedented is that you're that stupid. You are the dumbest man on television, Ducey. Good grief. I mean, the more you listen to it, the more you write down and say, what's he talking about here? What's he talking about there? He says, well, the the gun charge would go away if he gets a job. (laughs) There's nothing, nothing in the plea deal that said that. First of all, there's no such thing. The entire plea is a deal worked out if... Let's say he was given probation. Whatever conditions the judge puts on, whatever they are, probation, requirements of not doing drugs, all of it goes away if he fulfills that. The gun charge is not separated. It all goes away if he fulfills the requirements of the deal. What an idiot ass. He really is. It's, it's, it's in how the Department of Justice wrote the plea deal. No, it isn't. What they didn't count on was having a judge ask a simple question. Has any deal in history ever been like this one? No. Is he being investigated still? Yes. Boys, go talk. This deal's not going through. But instead, convoluted boy, Ducey the Dope, starts stuttering and stammering all over the place and misleads millions of Americans who happen to tune into that nitwit show called Fox and Friends, where two of the three people are always stupid, and when Kilmeade's on vacation, they put another nitwit in there like Lawrence Jones. He has no idea what he's talking about either. But he's not as dumb as Ducey. I don't think anybody is. Maybe in the history of television. I'm talking about on the male side now. Remember, we have Nicole Wallace, 
and Ainsley Earhart. So they're right there with Ducey. And then you've got the Democratic hacks in Congress. They're things of beauty. As I was saying earlier, I don't believe that they're so delusional that they actually believe their own words. I just think they're hopelessly corrupt, hopelessly dishonest, and they would lie to their own mother. Why do you think Democrats seem to not care when there's a Democrat in the White House about possible corruption in the Oval Office? The corruption that we're seeing is a corruption of the Republican Party. Why don't Democrats care about some of this stuff that has come out? BS. There's no real evidence. Why would we want to impeach him when when there's no wrongdoing? (laughs) That dope still thinks that Guam is going to tip over if there's too many soldiers on one side. He actually said that. I'm not making it up. Why would we want to impeach him if there's no wrongdoing? How do you stand there and say that? Honestly, how do you stand there and say that? You can't be that delusional. Even he's not that stupid, though he he might be because of the Guam comments. But how about Schiff? It's the corruption of the Republican Party. The most corrupt man in Congress blames other people for being corrupt. And then that fat ass from California, Zoe, whatever her name is, it's all BS. And then Rohana, there's no evidence. (laughs) There's a lot of evidence that you people are dumb. But I'm even going to give you the benefit of the doubt on the stupidity factor because I don't think anyone's that stupid other than Ducey, Nicole Wallace, and Ainsley Earhart. They might all believe that bullshit, but you can't be that dumb. So my conclusion is, you're hopelessly unethical, you have no character, you will lie to anyone about anything at any time, as long as it saves your ass and you can stay in power. And it's all about greed and thirst for power with these liberals. That's all it's ever been about, and it remains that way today. We will never again have a functioning government. Those days are gone. And in some ways, I say about the Republicans, at least they don't pull that crap. At least when faced with the obvious truth, they have to accept it. They, In other words, they don't play these political games. Uh, they haven't gotten into having some prosecutor somewhere indict Biden for multiple crimes, which, by the way, they could easily do and make them stick. But they haven't done that. They don't play those games with the elections like the liberals do. You want to run Joe Biden? Run his demented ass. Please run him. We pray that you run him. But nobody on the Republican side is going to try to have Biden indicted just prior to the election or during the campaign season. He'll be indicted, all right, as soon as a Republican wins the White House. And then he should go to jail. There should be no hesitation here on anyone's part once a Republican attorney general is in there, that you indict Biden, you charge him, you try him, you convict him on multiple crimes. The list is so long. But the liberals will say, well, Donald Trump's the one who's been indicted. That's how they play the game. They make things up, indict their political opponents. You don't see the Republicans do that. Lie until the cows come home. Then when they're done lying about that, lie some more. They're born liars. 
how they operate. Don't ever forget that. Marie Harp, she's one of the liberal freaks. Go ahead and frame it how the liberals will frame it for us. In 2024, if his father, who has nothing to do with any of this, has not given him a job in the White House, is running against someone who himself has been indicted for multiple dozens of criminal charges, I think voters will care more about whether Donald Trump tried to overturn an election than whether Hunter Biden didn't pay his taxes. (laughs) Let me tell that moron something here. All right. His father, who has nothing to do with this, nothing to do with it. People will care more about Donald Trump trying to overthrow an election than Hunter Biden not paying his taxes. You know who else didn't pay their taxes? Joe Biden. So when you say that Joe Biden has nothing to do with this, you want to bet? Joe Biden took the same amount of money that Hunter Biden took. We heard it from the uh, Ukrainian oligarch. Five million for Hunter Biden, five million for Joe Biden. Did Joe Biden pay taxes on that five million? We already know the answer. It's no. Joe Biden claims the money doesn't even exist. Remember what he said a few weeks ago? Where's the money? And then he says, oh, I'm just joking. Where's the money? It's in a beach house. That's where it is. It's in a mansion. You've already spent it. The balls of that guy is incredible. But this Marie Harf has always been a hilarious caricature of a human being. When I mean, when she just utters anything, stupidity comes out. And that's, a, that's an affliction for liberals. They are dumb people. But none of them are so dumb that they believe their own bullshit. That I, I can swear. I would go to my grave saying that. Nobody's that dumb. Except maybe Karine Jean-Pierre. She wants you to know that this Hunter Biden case was independently investigated. This case was handled independently, as all of you know, by the Justice Department under the leadership of a prosecutor appointed by the former president, President Trump. Ah, yes, they throw that in there. They always have that qualifying phrase, too. This was independently investigated, as all of you know. She's going to tell you what you know. All of you know it was independent. And you know why you know? Because I told you it was. So as all of you know, this was independently investigated by Donald Trump's appointee, except that it wasn't Donald Trump's appointee. It was Barry Hussein Obama's appointee. But that doesn't stop these people from lying. Lying is their stock and trade. They deal in lies from the moment they wake up to the time they go to bed, and they probably dream about lying. It is so hopelessly ingrained in their DNA Karine Jean-Pierre, did you say this was independent? This case was handled independently. This was an independent investigation that was uh, that was overseen by the Department of Justice. They are independent. Again, this was done independently. I'm just going to not speak to that. Uh, it is an independent matter, and I'm just going to refer you as this has been an independent investigation. <laughs> it's like a clown, isn't it? I just saved you a trip to the circus. I showed you the chief clown. Miss Independent. (laughs) Oh, my God. She wasn't done there, though. She decided to lie again when a reporter challenged her. Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and this was a personal matter for him. 
As we have said, the president, the first lady, they love their son and they support him as he continues to rebuild his life. When the senator crafted gun legislation, as president, he talks often about the need to get illegal firearms off of our streets. So when someone possesses one illegally, what does the president believe should happen to them? I'm going to be very careful because I see where this question is going, and I'm just going to refer you as this has been an independent investigation. It's overseen by the Department of Justice. I'm going to let them speak to this as they are moving forward. Thank God it was independent. God forbid if it weren't independent. I mean, she told us it was independent. In case you didn't hear the first time, she told you 20 more times. She knows where this question is going. The question was, as a senator, Joe Biden screamed and yelled about getting illegal guns off the streets. And now as president, what's he going to do about it when it's in his own family? She's going to let you know that she knows where that question's going. The question's going to a simple answer. What's he going to do about it? The answer is nothing. But at least it was done independently. Thank God for that. You know, when it gets right down to it, this is no way to treat the son of the man who cured cancer. I mean, isn't that what we all must understand? And Biden cured cancer, he told us just two days ago. So this is just no way to treat the son of the man who cured cancer. I'm, I'm ashamed at this judge and any Republicans, too. So this is just no way to do it. And it's done independently, so come on. By the way, when... Biden is marching into jail, and the whole family's right behind him going to jail. They all have their orange jumpsuits on. Let's always remember this exchange with the little lying black lesbian. Now she's, I'm going to start calling her the lying black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, when for all time since Biden ran, he said he hasn't spoken to his son about his business dealings. And now Karine Jean-Pierre has changed it to he's not in business with his son and when called out on it, she claims there's no difference. Moments ago, you said that nothing has changed when you were asked about the president's previous remarks on his son's business dealings. But the language has, in fact, changed. So I just want to clear this up once and for all. The president has previously said that he has never discussed overseas business dealings with his son. But the White House now says that the president has never been in business with his son. So why the updated language? Which statement is true? Or is this semantics and they're both true? Uh, as I stated on Monday, when I was asked this question multiple times, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed so on this. Nothing true. has changed on this. Uh, and so could ask me a million different ways uh, on this question. Nothing has changed. They didn't ask you a million different ways. They asked you one way. They pointed out that you've been saying all along that Joe Biden, and Joe Biden's been saying it too, didn't even speak to his son about his overseas business. Now you've changed it. You changed it. Not the questioner, not the reporter, God forbid. You changed it. And when you changed it, you now say he's not in business with his son so that you can somehow think that that'll be allowed as an end run around your previous lies. The problem is you're lying again because all the evidence that's come forward says you are. If that FBI document is true, and we're waiting to see in terms of the 
audio tapes that the um, Ukrainian oligarch claimed he has. Remember, this document was assembled by a human source at the FBI that the FBI has paid $200,000 to for his information. That's how credible they find him to be. So if what he says is true, Biden is guilty of so many bribery crimes, so many counts of treason, that you'll lose count when you add them up. So let's remember what she said down the road, that he was now not in business with his son, even though an FBI informant says he was. Ted Cruz, you want to play a little poker with the lying little black lesbian? I want to play poker with Corrine Jean-Pierre because she is a terrible, terrible liar. And and she's got to tell, you you know, sometimes at a poker table, someone will twist a ring or they'll pull their ear or they'll do something when they're bluffing. Corrine Jean-Pierre, her tell is she'll tell you, I'm going to tell you the exact same thing I've told you a thousand times before. You know the next words out of her mouth are going to be totally different from anything she's ever said before. Nothing truer than that. And we just proved it. Pretty incredible stuff. And she does it every day. That's what's amazing about it. Jason Smith is a congressman from Missouri. He's the guy whose office submitted the amicus curie brief. How did the judge figure out that Hunter Biden's lawyers were fake? and that they were posing as a Republican congressional lawyer. The judge actually figured out by caller ID where this came from, and that was a law firm of Hunter Biden's in New York. And the judge ordered those lawyers to con- to, to respond to the court by 9 o'clock last night or face sanctions. It's absolutely incredible that it would go to this level. Let me tell you, these are the same attorneys that the whistleblowers testified saying that they heard these attorneys tell prosecutors that if they brought charges against the president's son, they would be facing career suicide. How about that one? If you bring charges against the president's son, you'll be facing career suicide. And by the way, those IRS attorneys are no longer on the case. Now, here's something that I think is very important. Somehow, Chuck Grassley, Ron Johnson, and the rest of them who have access to these tapes from this Ukrainian oligarch, I hope they have the tapes in hand. Because if those tapes are still in Ukraine, they'll never see the light of day. Zelensky will make sure of that. Now, you say, well, why, Kevin? Because Zelensky is dependent on Biden to keep funneling our tax money into Ukraine, and essentially into Zelensky's bank account. So who do you think Zelensky's going to side with? The truth or his bank account? He wants to save Biden. Biden's a spigot of money for Ukraine and for Zelensky in particular, personally. So if those tapes are not in the right hands right now, they never will be. Because I can promise you if that oligarch still lives in Ukraine, the minute the minute that FBI form was made public, he was called to the presidential palace 
and said, give ski those tape skis to me ski, now ski, or you will die ski. I think we all know that. But you know what? When you have a question about what's going on and is all of this true and are these people as corrupt as they are, who else would you turn to? And I'm not talking about Steve Ducey, as smart as he is. I'm talking about Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behor. Yeah. What bribery scam? Yes. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, it's always, it's so different every day. I mean, you know, they're either freaking out about Barbie or they're upset about, you know, uh, Budweiser beer and just Bud and Light. Just Bud, Light. <laughs> Bud Light. Okay. Now, we don't right? That's right. You don't want out. the wrong thing to get out. Yeah. But I mean, what 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 is what is really happening here? I mean, well, how much mean, punishment does Biden need because he won and they lost? Well, that's the problem. I they yeah. keep seeing these indictments coming down from Trump, and they're like, "Hamana, hamana, what are we going to do? Let's turn it around and make it about him." about Biden instead. Take your eyes off of Trump, even though he's a criminal, and put your eyes on this guy instead. Don't you love it? They they, they love to to call Trump out when he calls one of them names, and there she is calling Donald Trump a criminal. Joy Behor is a piece of crap. She's a living, breathing piece of crap. You never thought you'd see that, did you? An actual piece of crap that lives and breathes. That's what Joy Behor is. Her, Her IQ is negative. It's not even single digit. And Whoopi Goldberg's is worse than hers. Those are two of the most ignorant people that you will ever hear speak. They are willfully ignorant. What bribery scheme, says Whoopi? If they're not arguing about Barbie, who's arguing about Barbie? Who Who is bringing Barbie into the conversation other than you? Because Barbie and Whoopi Goldberg are on the same intellectual level. If there was a living black Barbie, it would be Whoopi Goldberg. Trumped only by the ignorance of Bahor, who says, yeah, uh, that's the thing. They're punishing Biden for winning because when all these indictments came down about Trump, well, let's turn it all on Biden. Hey, you ignoramus. The investigations into the Bidens were going on long before any indictments came down long before. Do you understand that? Or are you really that stupid? And maybe you are that stupid. I believe you are. In this case, willful ignorance on the part of Whoopi Goldberg and Bohor are real. They're not congressional hacks walking around the halls of Congress lying. These are two ignorant buffoons. We were always under the illusion that in order to be on television, you had to be somewhat attractive. The view disputes that. I don't know how those two find their way to their car in the morning. They're so damn ignorant. Another guy who's ignorant is Leon Panetta. This is one of those idiots from the CIA who signed on to that letter claiming Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Now, they've all been proven to be wrong by everybody, even liberal media has hired forensic experts to determine two years after the fact that it was indeed Hunter Biden's laptop. But that doesn't stop Leon Panetta. He doesn't regret signing that letter. This is how liberals are. No, not at all. Uh, I signed that letter for one reason, which was to make the American people aware that the Russians 
uh, deliberately uh, were engaged in a disinformation campaign in the United States and trying to impact on our election and trying to impact uh, on our uh, our ability to have free and fair elections. Uh, that's why I signed that letter. And very frankly, I have seen no evidence to the contrary that Russia has not engaged in that kind of disinformation campaign. Right, but we just haven't seen evidence affirming that either. Wow, that was on CNN. How about that anchor? She'll she'll be out of a job quickly. Yeah, well, we haven't seen any evidence that affirms what you did, you stupid ass. What a lying piece of crap he is. I signed that letter to let the American people know that the Russians are conducting a disinformation campaign to affect our election, even though... The letter I signed had nothing to do with Russian disinformation. It was actually true. But he signed it to let us know, because he's so smart, that the Russians are coming. And yet, what he signed was a lie. Imagine going back and saying what he just said. I, I, I offer the question again. Is he that stupid? Or is he just a willful pathological, despicable, unethical, lacking moral character, coward, liar. I think he's that. Nobody's that dumb. Except Steve Ducey. Leon Panetta, what a freak show you are. It shows how corrupt you always were. And we're happy to hear that. By the way, these people don't just lie here in the United States. They dispatched Dr. Jill to Paris. Dr. Jill's over in Paris telling more lies. When my husband, President Biden, took office, he made a promise to the American people that he would rebuild the systems that were broken, that he would work to bring divided communities back together. And he did. He did? What divided community did Joe Biden bring that back together. What systems, I don't even know what she's talking about when she says he'll rebuild systems that were broken. What systems that were broken did Joe Biden rebuild? I'd actually like to hear her answer, but of course nobody would ask. Listen to her again, this arrogant, pompous wench. When my husband, President Biden, took office, he made a promise to the American people that he would rebuild the systems that were broken that he would work to bring divided communities back together. And he did. (laughs) I don't know what's worse. That pathological lie that she told or that she's even speaking. She really believes her words are important and that people listen to her. No one cares what you have to say. She was speaking in Paris. There was nobody around her listening. No one cares. You're not the president. No one cares what you think. You are literally, this is literally a job where you're seen and not heard unless you're an egomaniac. One of the greatest jobs as first lady ever performed was Melania Trump. You never heard her mouthing off about anything. She knows better. So leave it to a woman who is an immigrant, legal immigrant, to show the right way. But, of course, she reeks of class. 
this arrogant pompous ass is a school teacher who knows nothing. I wonder who she educated. By the way, what systems is she talking about again? Systems. Could it be immigration? Well, that's not really a system. Border security? I guess you could yell and scream if you argue there was a system of of illiteracy that allowed the border to be the way it is now and disintegrate how it has happened. But that's her husband's choice. What system did he rebuild on immigration on the border? Did he rebuild any systems that made you any wealthier? He united communities that were divided. He did? I defy that woman to name me one group of people, no matter what their designation is, whether it's racially designated, economically designated, gender designated. What group of people did Joe Biden bring back together? I can't stomach that woman. I think that when I hear her talk, I get more aggravated than when I hear Whoopi Goldberg talk. Whoopi Goldberg is just flamingly ignorant. This pompous-ass Jill Biden, Goldberg doesn't even pretend to be arrogant. She's just so stupid. It's funny. Biden's wife is arrogant, pompous. She really believes she's important. She's not important to anybody. I doubt she's important to him if he knows who she is. Remember, he didn't know who she was when he introduced her one night. He introduced her as his sister. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got we've got the sister. <laughs> oh my God. It's unbelievable. Here's Joe uniting, by the way, since she said he united everybody. Here he is uniting uh, a community that's divided. The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. (laughs) What a uniter. You got to love that guy. Way to unite, Big Joe, the big guy. Yes, and he did, she says. Yeah, he sure did. But at least we've got to give him credit. He knows the difference. Uh, I, I believe he knows the difference between a broken arm and a mental disorder, doesn't he? I don't know what the difference between breaking your arm and having a mental breakdown is. The mention of over 100 people dead. That's 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table. I guess I was wrong. He doesn't know the difference between a broken arm and a mental disorder. He just admitted it. 100 people dead. That's 100 empty chairs at the dinner table. What dinner table is he sitting at? Who has 100 people for dinner? (laughs) Do you? I don't. I never did. I grew up in a pretty big family. We had five kids, a mom and a dad. Every now and then, my grandma and grandpa were there. Now, if I'm good at addition, that's nine people. And that's a full house. Later, when my brothers and my sister were married and I was married and we all had kids, we brought the kids over so we had like 15 people. On a rare time, maybe Christmas, we might have had 18. Somebody brought some friends over. But Biden says 100 people died. That's 100 less people at the dinner table. <laughs> so what town... 
what group is he uniting that Dr. Jill claims he did? And what dinner table is he sitting at that has 100 people? Truthfully, Biden should never mention numbers because when he does, he just fucks it up every time. He's just too illiterate, too stupid. (laughs) Incredible. Just incredible. Governor Abbott down in Texas, as you know, has put these buoys in the Rio Grande River with fencing attached to them that goes all the way down to the bottom of the river to prevent illegal crossings. Illegal crossings have now dropped dramatically. Who's taking credit for that? Biden, Mayorkas. When the reason is Governor Abbott has put these buoys in the Rio Grande. They're not having anybody cross anymore. They've tried and they've gone back. So what does Biden do? He sues Governor Abbott because he's supposed to have cleared that with Biden first. F you. Do your job and he wouldn't have to do it on his own. But Bahor calls Abbott a sadist. A sadist. Listen to this. It's not Abbott, is that he is a sadist. I looked up the word sadist. It's not Abbott, is that he is a sadist. I looked up the word sadist. It's a person who derives pleasure, sometimes sexual gratification. I don't think that's his problem. From inflicting pain, suffering, or humiliation on others. And to that point, I want to tell Americans that Abbott signed a law stripping construction workers who are working in 110-degree Texas heat he has stripped them of the right to water breaks every four hours and time to rest in the shade. He does not allow them to just take some water because they're in this heat. He has a sadistic streak, and the people in Texas could have had better O'Rourke, and they'd passed on him and put the sadist in there. And they need to think about that. They could have had better water, better O'Rourke. They passed on him and put this sadist in there. You and your New York thick accent. Shut up. First of all, by way of context, the governor signed a bill that got rid of mandated water breaks every four hours. Do you know why? She doesn't explain that, of course. In every single jurisdiction in Texas, there were different laws regarding these water breaks for construction workers. OSHA, who oversees work safety, already had systems and rules in place for water breaks. All Governor Abbott did was streamline everything so that the entire state is on the same page. That's called being an organizer and a great leader. Knowing full well that OSHA already protects the construction workers from being overheated. But Bohor didn't explain that to you because she doesn't know what OSHA is. She's simply a dumb East Coast lunatic. Wow. I'm going to call Jesus and ask him if the Last Supper had 100 people at the dinner table. You think he did? (laughs) Biden does. It's 100 people in his experience at the dinner table every night. Now, the Fed raised interest rates again yesterday, the highest interest rates in decades. Does that make you feel comfortable? Were you going to sell your house? If you didn't sell it yesterday, you're going to have a hell of a lot harder time selling it today. Were you trying to get a loan for a new house? If you didn't get it yesterday, 
Ditto. Larry Kudlow, does Jerome Powell know what he's doing? We could have a soft landing, but maybe not. We might have to raise rates more in the future, or then again, we might cut them. We need higher unemployment. No, we don't. I mean, really, the more he talks, the less sense it makes. He does it all the time. He is a single-handed volatility producer. At one point, he said, we don't see inflation coming down to 2% until 2025. And the market sold off about 200 points. Then he said something else, and the market came back. Who knows? You know, I yearn for the days when Paul Volcker would blow cigar smoke at Congress and basically tell folks nothing. Nothing. That's what a good central banker ought to do. Carpe diem Larry Kudlow. And this Powell has no clue what he's doing. We're in trouble, folks. Economic trouble, big time. Big time. If you were depending on your house as perhaps your retirement nest egg, you're not going to sell it anytime soon, not for anything worthwhile. People can't get a loan. And, of course, the left's message to men, simply look at the Barbie movie. Candace Owens has ripped it to shreds. That's how toxic it is that men are all bad, either bad or stupid, illiterate. That's what the Barbie movie tells women. Of course, the women who line up to go see it, although the men who line up to go see it wearing their pink outfits, uh, they get to see it as well. Josh Hawley, what is the message liberals send about men today? They're trash. I mean, that's a literal quote from a leftist professor. Men are trash. And I think too many men have heard that message for too long and believed it. For me, I mean, going all the way back to, to college, uh, which for me was back in the early 2000s. I mean, certainly then on college campuses, you already had this, this underlying idea that, that men are toxic, that masculinity is inherently toxic. But it's really burst out, I think, into the culture in the last 10, 15 years and become so predominant on the left and become so strong now in entertainment, uh, even in some segments of the sports industry. Certainly now the corporations are, are pushing this message. And I just think that it, it's not that men are toxic, it's that the message is toxic. Carpe diem, Josh Hawley. Brenda Hefera is with the Heritage Foundation, and she says this message is killing our boys. Boys are more at risk for suicide. They're more at risk for incarceration. The deaths of despair among boys and men, which are deaths as a result of suicide or alcoholism, are increasing. And actually, male life expectancy is going down. And part of this is changes in our education system, things like zero tolerance towards boys, dialing back on recess, the narrative of toxic masculinity. What would you have done without recess when you're in grade school? It was the go-to for me, man. I could not wait. In our grade school, we had a 15-minute recess in the morning, a 15-minute recess in the afternoon, and a long lunch recess. It was fabulous. It broke up the school day. It's the only thing that kept me sane. If I had had to skip all those recesses and be told what a schmuck I was, what a rotten person I am, on top of everything else at a young age, I would have ended up in the nut house next to Biden. But that's what they're doing to boys today. Liberals are murderers. 
Let me tell you, let me repeat that for you. Liberals are murderers. They murder the very life in people and then they kill them anyway. Every suicide that a little boy commits based on all of this that she just identified is at the hands of a liberal. They're the ones who continue to push this narrative against men. Liberal Hollywood creating a simple Barbie movie and you want to make it a political statement that men are pricks and men are bad, inherently bad people. This is the way it is. I would hate to be a little boy today. Although I'm sure I'd find some way to survive by kicking somebody's ass. I'm telling you, kicking someone's ass is what this country was built on. We need to go back to the days of dealing out an ass kicking when it's necessary. And you might get your ass kicked. I got mine kicked. But nobody got arrested. Nobody complained. I told my mom my face hurt after this guy pummeled me. Her response, as I've told the story before, is, well, you shouldn't have been in a fight. That was her answer. But if you're going to fight, win. If I raised a son who never got into a fight, I think I did a horrible job of raising him. A horrible job. Robert Kennedy Jr. the other night was talking about in this town hall meeting that wasn't a town hall meeting because Sean Hannity's big mouth kept running. Not one person in the audience ever got to ask a question, thanks to Hannity. But Robert Kennedy said at one point that he wanted to end polarization. If he became president, that he would end it with an executive order. I want to end that polarization, and I want to do that by telling the truth. The first step we have to take is to tell the truth. Have somebody, have a president who's willing to tell the truth about everything. People... People in this country know that the system is rigged, and they know that they're being lied to. I'm going to issue an executive order the moment I get into the White House, the first day, forbidding ending the weaponization of our agencies for political purposes. I mean, that's all well and good, and it sounds great, but you know very good and well it's not going to happen. There's, you can't ex- issue an executive order telling Christopher Ray to be an honest guy. You can't issue an executive order to tell Merrick Garland to not be the most corrupt attorney general in the history of our country. He's going to do it anyway. And if you, as an honest person, get in, you'll bring in honest people to run those institutions. So you wouldn't have to issue an executive order. That's my guess. And I get that he says he's going to be a president that tells the truth about everything. Well, the last guy that told the truth has been impeached twice and indicted twice. So that's what happens when you tell the truth. And by the way, if you listen to RFK very closely there, who does he sound like? He sounds exactly like Donald Trump. Americans know they're being lied to. Americans know the system is rigged. Who's that sound like? That's why they want to cancel Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's mini-Trump. But he's one of theirs, and so they just don't know what to do. They just don't know what to do. Bill Bennett gave some free advice for Biden and any jackass, arrogant, pompous liberal who thinks that they can do end runs around Supreme Court decisions. Uh, The most important uh, constitutional question, Supreme Court question ever decided, 
was decided in 1803, Marbury versus Madison. And the decision there by Chief Justice Marshall was that the Constitution is not just a set of principles, it is the law of the land, and it is the Supreme Court which has the last say on that. Not the President, not Congress, but the Supreme Court. When it is spoken, that's the law. Carpe diem, Bill Bennett. And yet you have two university professors writing letters to Biden to ignore the Supreme Court rulings. University law professors. One of them's from Harvard. Thank you, Bill Bennett, for the truth. Now, another little diversionary tactic that Biden and his gang of criminals are trying to throw upon us to distract us from yesterday's plea deal collapsing is the UFO operation. Okay, now we've all suspected from time to time that we're not alone in this universe, that there are sightings, and many of them through the years I've thought were believable. But I didn't get too worked up about it. Now comes chilling testimony, if you believe it, from pilots who have seen these machines, these flying machines up close and personal, have witnessed the kind of tactics they can use and the kind of technology they employ. And it is chilling and it's scary. We have nothing that can stop in midair and go the other direction. Have you had incidences that have caused you to be in fear for your life for addressing these issues? Yes, personally. Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? Biologics came with some of these recoveries. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human. I know of multiple colleagues of mine that got physically injured. And uh, the activity... By by UAPs or by, by people within the, the federal government? Both. Both. So if you were a whistleblower... A pilot who saw that these UFO flying machines perform some of these maneuvers, and you said something about it, you were harmed physically by the federal government, according to these whistleblowers. But also, according to them, they've not only recovered some of the aircraft, they've recovered remains of the pilots, human remains. Although they said non-human, so Martians, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know what they were. Now, should we believe it? One question I would have is this. If these flying machines that you describe are so unbelievably advanced, how could they make it all the way to Earth and then crash? Apparently, the pilots, non-human, couldn't bail out with a parachute. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I'll always believe that something's out there because the video evidence tells me that something's out there. I don't know what it is. You almost have to go with the word of pilots who flew that close to them. I don't know how close, but close enough to get video of them. Close enough to testify the physical description of the, of the uh, whatever it is, airplane, jet, flying saucer. <laughs> Remember the term flying saucer? If you say flying saucer, everybody knows what you're talking about. Everybody. But let's leave this segment of the show this morning to a student by the name of Kaylee Ogenbohr. She is a black, uh, she is a black female, of course, uh, conservative on a campus. 
that is trying to chill her freedom of speech. And she has advice for all students. If you don't speak out now, I don't expect how uh, conservatives our age are going to be able to speak out in 10, 15, 20 years. It's better to have a civil conversation with someone that might not agree with you at the expense of maybe your social standing than it is to be led by these uh, leftist people in our generation coming down the line. I think that um, it's honestly not a big deal whether or not people like you based on politics. It's just politics at the end of the day. And honestly, our nation is on the line because of stuff like this. Carpe diem to that young lady. She's 100% correct in every aspect of what she said. Do you want to be liked based on your political? Not even your political beliefs. Do you want to be liked based on the fact that you go along with the mob in political believing? I'm a conservative, but I'm not going to say anything to the liberal mob because they might get mad at me. They might not invite me to the homecoming dance. F your homecoming dance. Have one of your own. Have a party. These people are sick. They're dangerous. We know that. She's right. She's 100% right. Carpe diem to her. She has definitely had her monster energy drink for the day. She was focused. She was energetic. She gave it that boost. She knows how to pursue victory. She knows how to be her best. She brings out the top of her game, and that's what Monster Energy Drink is all about. And it'll do it for you, too. Unleash the beast in you like Kaylee did right there. Hey, folks, our good friends at Window World want you to know about their windows. Now, I've been talking about Window World windows for years. I have them myself. Hail broke through my windows. Those were the original windows that the builders put in, so you knew they were cheap. So I called Window World, 314-993-1800, 314 993-1800. And guess what happens when you call them? They'll come out to your house and give you a free in-home estimate. They'll prove to you why they're simply the best for less. They are the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. At Window World, they give you a lifetime warranty on your windows that covers all parts, glass, breakage, and labor. Now, they can do that because they use double-strength glass in their windows as a normal course of business. No upcharge. Not trying to sell you anything extra. I also found out that my window world windows lower my utility bills. In the summertime, the cool air doesn't escape and allow the hot air in. In the wintertime, just the opposite. The cold air doesn't get in. The warm air stays put. My furnace and air conditioner don't have to run 24-7 to accomplish that. I don't have to replace them. So I'm saving a lot of money, plus the cost of Window World windows. If you compare the two, Window World and the competition, same windows, same amount of windows, you'll find that the Window World price is one-third the price of the competition, one-third. It's quite a difference. We've done the work for you. Listeners have done the same work for you. We all agreed on the price. 314-993-1800. That's Window World. All you have to do is give them a call, and you will find out what we found out. They are simply the best for less, and they stand behind their work with that lifetime warranty. That, my friends, is hard to beat. Extremely hard to beat. All right, we're back with more of our show in the Monster Energy Drink. Window World, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. 
right after this. Welcome back in. Kevin Slayton with you in the Monster Energy Drink. Window World, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. We're glad you're along for the ride this morning. Our phone lines are open, 636-348-0440, 348-0440. Don't forget the podcast of our show will be right here on our website, kevinslaytonshow.com. It'll also be at Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place you listen to podcasts. I love it when the liberals try to tell us that there's not two systems of justice, that there aren't uh, two 
systems of fairness when it comes to media coverage and the like and what you can and can't say in this country anymore. In Donald Trump Jr.'s book, Triggered, a survey was conducted by Quillette, uh, Professor Richard Hanania of Columbia University, liberal institution if ever there was one. Here's what they found. 22 prominent political commentators had been banned from Twitter during the period 2005 to 2017. 21 of the 22 were supporters of Donald Trump. No bias there, right? 21 out of 22. Do you remember the Jesse Smollett debacle and how the liberals went bananas? Of course, don't bother checking. Don't bother using your common sense, your ability to critically think when a black gay guy tells you that he was walking at 2 a.m. in minus 4-degree weather in Chicago, a liberal bastion if ever there was one. He's assaulted by two MAGA-wearing, MAGA-hat-wearing white men as he gets his Subway sandwich, and a noose is put around his neck, and he's sprayed with white bleach and told, faggot, N-word, this is MAGA country. Now, not to mention that the Subway sandwich wasn't damaged at all. Did you ever notice that part of the story? The Subway sandwich that he paid for wasn't harmed. It turned out, of course, as we all know the story, it was two black men that he hired who were extras on his show, his TV show, that he paid to beat him up, quote-unquote, and then gave him $3,500 apiece to do so. He was exposed, but prior to his exposing, Robin Roberts of ABC sat down and did an interview with him, at which point she was crying. So horrible. What happened to poor Jussie? But being a black gay woman, she identified with a black gay man and identified to the point where why ask him real questions? Let's just push the narrative. Heels Up Harris did the same thing. She tweeted out in all capital letters, this is a modern day lynching. Of course, when it was discovered that it wasn't a modern day lynching, in fact, it was a modern day hoax, Harris tweeted out, I'm very um, concerned about, obviously, the initial um, allegation that he made about what might have happened. I shouldn't say tweeted out. That was her statement that she gave in front of a camera. Justice Smollett to this day maintains he's innocent and that it really happened. <laughs> you talk about a delusional bastard. He's it. He is it. I think Donald Trump Jr. summed it up best when he described the ideal Democrat presidential candidate, a non-binary minority who identifies as a dolphin. (laughs) You ought to get his book. It's called Triggered. He has another one, too, that's really good. But it's funny because everything he says is from his experience, and it's everything that we know happened, and it's everything that, that is true about this country today. It's scary. It's very scary. But all of the hate crimes that they claim took place and all of this crap is all a lie. And by the way, they'll make up fake hate crimes. If you notice, they've done that quite a bit. And he identifies many of them in his book. And it's not as though fake hate crimes have no victims. Just because they're fake, there are victims. 
Because what fake hate crimes do, it increases the distrust. It increases the hysteria that breaks out in communities like the LGBTQ plus minus five, six, seven. It throws gasoline on the already red hot political divisions in this country. It makes people hate who previously didn't hate. And, of course, it distracts cops from doing their jobs. Cops had to go through all of these things thanks to Jesse Smollett. They had to work thousands of hours, many overtime hours paid for by the people of Chicago. How many hours do you think of surveillance video did they watch? Of course, the cops in Chicago have nothing better to do. Nobody's getting killed. Nothing to investigate. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's the world we live in. And it doesn't matter how much of a lie they tell. They'll retell it. And then they'll retell it again. And then when you're sick of hearing it, you'll hear it again. Because that's how they operate. Now, I don't know about downtown Chicago, but I don't know of a subway sandwich shop that's open at 2 in the morning. But Jesse Smollett found one, apparently. The truth is, of course, he had his sandwich bought much earlier. But that alone should stand as a shining example of why you don't believe anything anybody says until it's investigated. This constant rush to judgment in this country to vilify conservatives, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the incident allegedly is, is laughable. And yet they do it. And they continue to do it with President Trump. You listen to that young girl talk, Katie Ogenbohr, and as our director of research said, I want to know her parents. Talk about parents who raise their child correctly. Now, what kind of a spokesman, she's black, what kind of a spokeswoman do you think she'd be for the black community? Is she a better spokeswoman for the black community? You heard her speak. Or is Barry Hussein Obama? pretty easy for me. I mean, I don't think there's a discussion to be had. But you can call us. 636-348-0440. 636-348-0440. I don't know if you heard Gutfeld yesterday on The Five, but I saw this clip where he was debating Jessica Tarlov, who's Jewish, and... Um, she was talking about, of course, Hunter Biden. And she doesn't know what she's talking about. And she's talking about the curriculum in Florida, which she claims says that there were benefits from slavery, meaning that if you were a slave, it was a good thing to be. Of course, that's not what the curriculum teaches at all. What it teaches is that the mere survival as a basic instinct is something that people learned. And that's a good thing. That doesn't mean you're advocating slavery. 
She says, I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. Would someone say about the Holocaust that there were some benefits for Jews? That while we're hanging out in concentration camps, we learned a strong work ethic? Gutfeld said there might be some truth to that statement. He said, did you ever read Man's Search for Meaning? That's um, the memoir about the Holocaust. He said, the author talks about how you had to survive in a concentration camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility kept you alive. Her response is that grade school kids might not be ready to discuss heavy topics like the nuances of slavery. Then why do you keep forcing it on people? Why do you keep doing that? Now, this was an exchange on the show The Five. And sadly, the White House decided to weigh in on it with a statement. Claiming, of course, that Greg Gutfeld defended slavery, defended the Holocaust. (laughs) Imagine this guy. That he told another horrid, dangerous, and extreme lie that insults the memory of the millions of people who suffered from the evils of the Holocaust. Let's get something straight that the American people understand full well. Ooh, the White House is tough, aren't they? In other words, don't have your opinion. Let's get something straight here. You're wrong, and don't you dare say this. Here's a White House weighing in on a TV discussion. Let's get something straight. The American people understand full well, and it's not complicated because we're stupid if we don't think and agree with them. There was nothing good about slavery. There was nothing good about the Holocaust. Full stop. Woo. That's the deputy press secretary, Andrew Bates. Imagine being the deputy to Corinne Jean-Pierre, which means you're not quite ready to be her. How dumb are you? He says Americans deserve to be brought together, not torn apart with poison. Oh, really? Says the guy who works for Biden. And they deserve the truth and the freedom to learn, not book bans and lies. If these people couldn't say book bans for 24 hours, they'd explode. They would literally explode. So here's a White House with inflation killing everybody, with Crimes surrounding the Biden crime syndicate family. With all kinds of problems in this country, with an open border, with fentanyl issues that are killing our youth, with China eating our lunch at every turn and then throwing it in our face, the pieces they don't want from the sandwich. And the White House is concerned about what Greg Gutfeld said on The Five. I couldn't make it up if I tried, honestly. But not only are they concerned about what he said, they lie about it. They make it up. In no way, I heard the exchange, did Gutfeld indicate in any way that he was advocating slavery or was a fan of the Holocaust. He simply pointed out what esteemed authors had written And that legal historians who happen to be black had developed a curriculum in Florida. And yet Tarlov's response and the White House's response 
is kids are too young to be talking about this stuff, even though they're the ones who inflict on kids books of sexual perversion, critical race theory. And he, and he warned us, Andrew Bates, said, let's get something straight here, you conservatives. You will listen to us or you will die. Thank you for letting me know because you said it's not complicated. I would agree with that part of the statement, but that's the only part. It isn't complicated. You're an absolute blubbering buffoon. There's nothing complicated about that. Who sees race in every single word that anyone ever speaks if they happen to be conservative. And a guy who says Americans deserve to be brought together, not torn apart with poison, who works for a guy who does exactly that every single day. And let's repeat it so that the liberal dopes can understand it. Not one book, not one, has been banned anywhere in this country by any conservative, by any conservative school, by any conservative governor. But they have been banned by liberals. So this jackass Andrew Bates needs to understand that this book called To Kill a Mockingbird has been banned by his group. His group. But this is how they continue to lie. And they don't stop. And they truly do echo George Costanza. Just remember, it's not a lie. If you believe it. That's what they think. Good morning and welcome. You are on the Window World Monster Energy Drink dot uh STL dot com. King Scored, how are you today? Kevin, this is Doug. I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Good, Doug. I hope everything's good for you. Um they're going fine. Hey, um, real quick, uh you were right on it and thought of it exactly how I did about how this plea deal went down. This was not about Hunter. It's about protecting Garland, Ray, and Joe. And they could not afford to be able to say that the investigation was completed. Because they had to be able to hang their hat on saying, we have an ongoing investigation. We can't comment on that. So everyone knew, with common sense, you knew they weren't going to say it was done. No, and the reason, reason, Doug, they had to... To, to hide behind that cover is because if the if the uh, investigation was over, then they have to come before Congress and testify under oath, and they have to turn over documents. And they don't want to do either one exactly. of them because they'll implicate themselves in the corrupt scheme of the Biden crime family. Exactly. And I think, um, I think Hunter's attorneys are so dumb, and he's stupid too, they didn't get it. What they, they probably were saying is, we have to leave the investigation open. Wink, 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 <laughs> wink. Um, we're not going to do anything. Wink, wink. But we have to say this. And I think they just didn't get it. And um, um, it, it's just it, it's just a clown show. The other thing that uh, came out was, uh, you know, of course, the why do we listen to the left? But they've always said, this isn't a sweetheart deal. This isn't a sweetheart. This is done all the time. Well, they... Apparently, the Justice Department, one of the attorneys on, I think, Fox last night said they asked that specifically. Is this uh, is this uh, a common deal? And, and uh, DOJ admitted, 
no, it's unprecedented. Well, the judge, asked, the judge asked. The judge asked very specifically, "Is there is there any precedent for a deal like this?" And they said no. Sheepishly, they said no. So that that defeats yeah. that defeats every liberal big mouth who claimed that this was not a sweetheart deal, that this was handled just like everybody else, just like they would handle Kevin Slayton's tax issues if I had some. Same way. Yeah. Well, now they're admitting oh, yeah. that, no, yeah. it isn't the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more thing. I just saw something flash through, too, that said that um, Politico or someone has obtained the documents um, uh, with with respect to the plea agreement. I'm hoping to be able to pull that down and look at it sometime. But um, anyway, great job. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you, Doug. Great stuff. Thanks for calling. Yeah, it's it's. there's no question that's what they were up to. And that's what they were hiding behind. They didn't think the judge would ever ask that question. So they knew they wouldn't have to, to answer it. They wouldn't have to be exposed as the liars and cheats and thieves that they are. But when the judge asked that simple question about precedent, it all fell apart. It's pretty embarrassing when you've been singing this song to the American public that Hunter Biden's treated no differently than anybody else and that this plea deal is very similar to what someone else in his shoes would get. And then the judge asked simply, has there ever been a deal like this before? And they have to say no. After they've been insisting all along that there had been. Why isn't that the biggest issue of the day? on television talk shows yesterday. We talked about it here this morning earlier. Doug obviously paid attention. He saw it. And and people say, well, so what? So they have to admit that there's no deal like that. Well, that means when, when the judge then says, is there an ongoing investigation? And they have to answer yes to that. Because if they don't, Merrick Garland has to come into Congress and go under oath again, and this time he can't say that's an ongoing investigation. So they had to lie about that. And, of course, that put that made the plea deal completely irrelevant. It was dead. If there's an ongoing investigation, you can't have a plea deal. Especially when they grant you immunity from any potential crimes that you committed in the, that could be discovered in that investigation. This plea agreement was riddled with holes. Everybody knew it. I think it was Jonathan Turley said the problem with one of these sweetheart plea deals is you can't write in wink, wink, nod, nod. And that's exactly what it was. It was a house of cards. And it came tumbling down thanks to a judge who decided to ask the most basic of questions. Now, the two things I want to keep an eye on from this point forward with this judge What are you going to do to the lawyers for Hunter Biden who posed as House Republican lawyers, lied to your clerk, tried to have evidence removed from a hearing? My God, it doesn't get any more egregious than that for an attorney. Disbarment is the only solution to something like that. Let's see what this judge does. She can't disbar the attorney, but she can recommend it. That much is for sure. Good morning, Steve. How are you this morning? Doing great. Carpe diem, Kevin. Carpe diem to you. You know, Kevin, the uh, if you had three or four more hours of the show left, I'd get into a discussion of uh, all the lies that Biden and uh, 
you know, his people have told, but of course we don't have that kind of time. So I'd like to just focus on one because, you know, even the, the Biden crime family corruption, you know, I, I think it'll have an impact on the election, but it's still going to come down to the economy. You know, are you better off than you were four years ago? And the, the one, you know, they're out there, you know, telling all these crazy lies but the one that kills me is when he gets out there and says, you know, Bidenomics, the economy's doing great. It's doing great. And then goes into this thing that uh, inflation is down every month for the past whatever months. Uh, I hope, I, I think your audience is smart enough, but I would hope that people out there just from feeling it in their pocketbooks would realize that when they say that year over year, you know, for uh, June, year-over-year year inflation has come down to 3%. Um, that that doesn't mean that inflation is down by 8%. That means that the 11 or 12 or 15 or whatever it really was that we experienced last year, it's still going up. It's piling up on top of that, but it's not piling up as bad because it's already so damn high, but it, it's still going up. The June figure, 3% year over year. Inflation isn't down. It's up 3% over the incredibly high rate it was at before. And uh, if people can't, you know, figure that out, I think they can feel it in their wallet, just like when you used to talk about the tax reduction and they said only, you know, the the upper 1% or whatever got the tax reduction and, every, you know, everyone could look in their their uh, paycheck and see but I think that's one of the big lies that's going to come back to Biden. I think it is, too. I think the economy is always going to be one of the most important, if not the most important issue in an election. I do, however, think that this corruption is going to carry a lot of weight because it's clear now this isn't innuendo. This isn't Republican opinions. The evidence is overwhelming, and I think people are seeing it. No matter what the media tries to tell people, they're going to tell them as well that you're doing great financially. You're doing great. What do you mean? You're suffering. What do you mean you're feeling inflation at the grocery store? Uh, you're crazy. Bidenomics are fam- fantastic. People that believe that well, you, deserve what they get. Well, you've said it before, and I'll 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 repeat it that you know you're right. This corruption. I mean, it's it's something you just can't sweep under the rug anymore. But that just says one thing: they know this whole corrupt, swamp-infested sewer has got to stop Trump. And if they can't, you know, assassinate him and get away with it, what they're going to do is again. And the there again, because the Chinese know that if Trump gets in there, he's going to, you know, set them straight. And, you know, these Dominion voting people, you know, you can stop all the other forms of cheating, but, if you've got access to that data like they had last time and you can just switch the number of votes you want once you've stopped the voting for, you know, four or five hours to figure out how many votes you need. If they don't stop that, you know, we've seen how brazen, how outrageous they are. They'll just do it again. And, uh, you know, they'll have everybody, including Fox News, going along with him saying it was a free and fair election. 
Yeah, they'll cheat any way they can, and they spend most of their off time in election years that aren't having a presidential election trying to figure out their next way to cheat and, and, and beat the system. And that's what they'll do, and they'll do it forever. I started to wonder, how does somebody like Pelosi or Schiff continue to get elected, Lindsey Graham for that matter? It's because the statewide elections are rigged too. Nobody keeps voting for these losers. I, I Nobody could possibly vote for those losers. They're, they're just losers. Lindsey Graham's a loser. Why would you keep voting for that guy in South Carolina? You wouldn't. So I think they're all I, I actually think it uh, I think it actually started. Well, it may have been going on beforehand, but I think in uh, in a big way, I think it started with Obama's second um, real his reelection, because if you remember uh, the it was the economy stupid then, you know, he had a record now. It wasn't just hope and change. And his record was horrible, but he still won. Now, part of that is because the ridiculous, spineless Republicans put up Mitt Romney, who was a horrible candidate. But still, you would have thought the just the economic conditions would have put anybody but Obama in office. But somehow he won. So I I, I suspect there was funny business going on there, too. I agree with you. And I think it all started in my lifetime back when. Kennedy stole it from Nixon, and of course that was because of Chicago's Richard Daley, and here's Obama coming from Chicago. So a proud tradition of Chicago stealing elections. But in this last one, the entire country decided to join in and celebrate with Chicago. Hey, we're out of time, Steve. Great stuff, though. All right. Carpe diem. Thank you, Kevin. Carpe diem to you. That's going to wrap us for today, folks. We'll be back fighting a good fight again for you tomorrow right here in the Monster Energy Drink. WindowWorldSTL-Cars.com, King's Court. A reminder, a programming reminder again today, there will be no sports show today at noon, but there will be one tomorrow again. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Ah!